0: Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for tuning back in today. You can always find us over at pathtozion.com or, of course, on our YouTube channel um, under Path to Zion podcast. Like, subscribe, all those things if you desire. Engage in any questions or comments should you want to do so. Um, and also, email is a way to reach out as well and communicate. Podcast at gmail.com. Um, today is going to be very short. And this is very impromptu. I am taking today off to do some studies for several speaking opportunities I have coming up next week. And so I have this block of today to just be here in the studio and study. Now, in doing that, I just continue to feel this desire to extend an invitation um, for people to consider what they do, and why. And friend, it's up to you, it's up to me. It is up to us individually what we do look into and what we don't. Many people, many people will just allow someone else to hand them something um, and they won't really consider it. They won't ask about it. They won't wonder about it. They just take it for what they are told it to be and say, okay, thanks, I'll make that my own. Um, as you hear me say all the time on the program, if you watch this channel, is that's a very dangerous way to live, especially when we're talking about spiritual matters and biblical understanding. I used this um, twice just last week, talking to some different people about. Uh, this is a very, very, very simple um, explanation of of this mindset and, and this issue that I would present. Um, my son, if if I told him from birth, that the sky is purple. And that's all he ever heard. If, if we wrote it in his homeschool textbooks, if we showed him videos where someone is, is endorsing daddy's opinion, that the sky is purple. Um, and that's all he ever knew. And then we, we sent him out into the world, and he met someone on the street, and they said something about, isn't it a beautiful blue sky today? And my son would say, with absolute confidence, what are you talking about, blue? The sky is purple, and of course we could have fun with what their dialogue would would sound like. Um, but that is what I'm presenting is like we have been told our whole life, I believe um, something that's just not true, something that's not full, something that sadly has not been examined because again, most believers, most Christians have been handed a a list of doctrinal beliefs. Now, there are some variants, of course, within these belief systems. That's why we have hundreds of denominations, of course. But for the most part, there is an overreaching umbrella that has been handed to us from the third century belief system that was established that whether you're you're Catholic or Pentecostal, there is an umbrella of doctrine that you have inherited. Um, that is very, 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 um, they're sourced in the same belief system. Again, there are some discrepancies, there are some differences therein, but as a whole, the inherited doctrine has some very concrete foundations and pillars that modern Christianity all share. And, and so what I want to do today for just a few minutes is I wrote some notes out to just uh, submit for your consideration. We'll try to just be um, concise with this. Um, and I'll start with myself. And again, what are we talking about? Like, we're going to make this very topical. There's a general um, insertion of thought for you today. But this is going to be somewhat specific because of the time of year that we're in about Passover or Easter. Passover or Easter. They are not the same. It's not like Passover was for the Jews and Easter is for the Christians and you're not Jewish, so just pick what's presented to you. Easter is yours. They're not the same. They're not talking about the same thing. <laughs> um, it's not the same celebratory event. Um, so we're going to have some considerations that I'm just going to put into your court for whoever would come across this channel and be willing to just ask some questions for their own household's good, for their own heart, for their own personal um, decision-making that they have going forward um, in this season. Um, now, now for those of you who have not watched the program before, in tiny measure, um, I've been a believer for many years. I mean, I'm not going to go into all of my history and everything, but I was pretty typical. I was raised in a somewhat Christian-y home. Um, We went to church, and there are things that we did that are very normal, very Christian-y, a very basic understanding of Jesus, and I'm sinful, and he died on the cross, and I need saved to go to heaven, and all these things. I inherited what most people did um, in Christian America. Um, About 17, maybe 18 years ago now, uh, my wife and I came out of the religious church. We came out of organized church after serving as a youth pastor at two Baptist churches and attending mega churches in Atlanta and small country churches in rural America. and We've kind of seen it all. We've gone through the prophetic movement and signs and wonders and, you know, all these different things. Um, But for whatever reason, for the last, I don't know, 15 years probably, we've really understood, in measure, of course, not in fullness, we've understood set-apartedness. Um, now, probably about nine years ago, um, we stopped doing Christmas. We stopped doing Easter. Um, uh, the endless list of ongoing, worldly, um, non-biblical holidays. We came out of those about nine years ago. My son doesn't even remember doing anything about those, thankfully. he's He'll be 12 this year. Um, his first couple of years, we went and got a Christmas tree, and we did all the things that we always used to do. Um but only four years ago, um, something in me changed in a place that was different than than what I had had um, change in me previous. I had a different experience about four years ago compared to the other experiences and encounters I had had before, which all are significant, all are a part of my journey as they are in yours. I don't believe any of these things are in vain, all the way back to you know, 1984 when I made a decision to not go to hell because I was terrified of going to hell because I was so bad. Um, all those things are part, part of our journey, yes, I believe. Um, but something in me, something in my wife changed about four years ago. And we were studying the second Passover, um, Second Chronicles, Second Kings, the account of, of King Hezekiah. Uh, and my life would change forever. I could go through the exact scenario of where I was, what, the, what was going on around me, what time of day it was, where my coffee cup was sitting beside me in my carport as I was just in the morning, in the spring, <laughs> and what was taking place in my heart, in my innermost places. Um, what I was beginning to see then Um, became an audio series that I recorded back long before we did videos here, back in the audio podcast, um, back in 2019. And it was titled, King Hezekiah and the Second Chance People of God, is what I titled it. And what I was beginning to find um, was just like the biblical records, like we see with King Hezekiah and so many others in this biblical pattern. We talked about this in revival. What is biblical revival? We talked about that a few episodes back, a series we did. And that's what, that's what this is. It is, a, it is an unearthing of Yahweh's ways, of his feasts, of his Sabbath, of his Torah commands. And in our ignorance, we have somehow inherited, or we ourselves had walked away, or both, a lawlessness condition outside of covenant. We don't know who we are, what we're doing, and why. We're simply going the ways of the nations, which everything leads to into the, interwoven into the Newer Testament, of course the Gentile problem, the identity issue. You don't know who you are. You're just following what you've inherited, the the traditions of your fathers. It's an ancient biblical principle. Um, But I found myself within the account of King Hezekiah. And I just remember, like, this is us. I remember it, man, again, like it was just yesterday morning. This is us. This is who we are. This is what has happened. And like so many people, through the thousands and thousands of years of this biblical pattern, I have not known my Father's ways. I haven't known his name. I haven't known his feasts. I haven't known his Sabbath. I haven't known the full gospel. I haven't known the culmination of the ages and the end gathering of the nations. I've not known who I am. I had that revelation four years ago. Scales literally fell from my eyes for some reason other than just Yahweh's goodness. There's nothing beside that that did it. I could suddenly see something I had never ever seen before in all my years at that time. What? Almost 46 years of Christian living, of Christian sermons, of teaching myself, of studying myself to teach others. Ignorant and blind and completely disinterested in anything, what are you talking about? I'm in Jesus now. (laughs) So here we are today, okay? It's 2023, it's spring again, it's getting ready to be Passover in mere days. I'm still just beginning to learn this new way to live. It's an awesome journey. It's constant in our household. My wife and I, when I'm home, and my son as well, we're engaged in in thought and in consideration, and tough questions that we may not have an answer for. That's not the point. But we continually ask questions and seek the Word and talk and pray and cry out to Father to show us His ways because we're ignorant and unlearned. Of course, I'm always excited to share this with anyone who has humility that is necessary to face tough questions. So in light of Passover being in in mere days from right now, I have some questions for you should you be willing to listen um, and engage in thought. Um, So who are you? Like who are you if you claim to be in Jesus, in Messiah? Who are you now? What is this new creation mystery? Um, Are you just now a a redeemed spiritual being that, that does what Jesus did? But not really. You do signs and wonders and... You walk around full of Holy Spirit, but to what end? We know that the prophecy um, in the Older Testament tells us that that Holy Spirit was sent and able to to enable and empower us to keep Yahweh's commands and and to follow His ways. Um, We could say easily, scripturally speaking alone, that's Holy Spirit's main task, main function. But what sets you apart on the inside and on the outside? What makes you stand out from the rest of the world? If we lined you up in 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 a row of twenty randomly picked people, what sets you apart? Do you do? Everybody would do Christmas. Most everybody does Easter all over the internet right now. Easter services. Easter services. Hi, I'm Pastor Mark, and we want to invite you and your friends and your non-believers who hate Jesus to come to our awesome Eastern, Easter. They don't call it cantata anymore, our Easter production where we're going to have bunnies and eggs and all, we're all going to wear pastel suits and look awesome and sing great songs with smoke and lights. Come join us, won't you? But what makes us set apart? Everybody does that now. Everyone goes. Everybody knows. I remember when I was young now, everybody, everyone went to church on Easter Sunday. It was the day you knew even your next door neighbor, neighbor, who's a horrible heathen, He's going, and he's going to Golden Corral for the Easter lunch or Easter brunch beforehand, whatever you want to do. Everybody knows how this goes. There's nothing exclusive about it. What do you enter into and maintain being in covenant? Okay. What do you do to enter covenant, to join yourself with covenant, And what do you do to maintain being in covenant? Because when we talk about this, and boy, I can't open this up, you do realize covenants can be broken, right? Like, this is, you know, we're not going to knock on the door of once saved, always saved. But when we have to, when we give biblical wording to just saved and things, well, what is being saved? The Bible says I'm not saved. Oh, Joel, I'm turning you off. Real quick, hurry, say something that's biblical. I haven't endured to the end yet. I'm still... Oh, wait. Yeah, it's not the end of me yet. (laughs) Those who endure to the end will be saved. I am in a place of, of covering, and that's a whole other issue. That's the other study I'm doing today. I will be saved if I endure to the end. If I remain in covenant, by what? Covenant is two parties. Party A says, I will do and does Party B says, I will do and then does the covenantal um, requirements. Therefore, covenant is perpetuated. That is baseline covenant understanding. So most importantly, in light of today, of course, specifically, what do you celebrate and memorialize? We all do this towards something. People can say, well, uh, I I don't do feasts and Sabbath because in Jesus we don't do those things now. Well, friend, you're celebrating something you're memorializing something and i talked about this with a brother the other day like there is a national holiday pretty much every day now pizza day um valentine's day mother's day father's day grandparents day um donut day uh national coffee day christmas easter um <sighs> It's it's a laundry list of celebratory events that most people never question and would never ever say is wrong. Well, I love my mom. Of course I'm gonna do Mother's Day. All right, well, friend, have you considered doing uh Shavuot? Have you considered doing Pentecost? Oh no, I I I live in the I live full of Holy Spirit now. Why would I celebrate Shavuot Pentecost? Well, what about tabernacles? Um You want to camp for 10 days, you know? Well, why would I do that? I'm not a Jew. Oh, can we talk about Passover? Yeshua, Jesus was the Passover lamb. I'm not Jewish. Why would we do the Passover? I'm not Jewish. And that's a breakdown that I'll never be able to rationalize. Um, (laughs) But again, I was there myself just five years ago. So I understand, other than until that light comes on and scales fall, all of us look at this and we just can't, I just... I can't even read it, you know, metaphorically speaking. This is all gibberish to me. So I'm hoping to present some things of thought to possibly position anyone for that that moment to come, for a light to come on towards Father's ways, um, for covenant purposes. And so just some things to think towards. Although most people I find still don't know this. And we looked into this again years and years ago, long before we knew anything about Um, feasts and Sabbath and and Father's Torah, we walked away from Christmas and Easter. We saw that long before we even came into where we are now. But Easter and Christmas are modern insertions that the religious church demanded followers of Christ do, as they equally forced the new church... (laughs) To abandon what the Israelites, the prophets, Yeshua, his disciples, and the post resurrection Acts chapter 2 Pentecost assembly celebrated and memorialized. Do you know that? Do you know that? That's in your Bible, that's in the Gospels of, of people going to the festival. We have to go to the feast, we have to, all these things that they did. Why were they doing those things if if it was no longer necessary? Well, they were doing them up until it was eradicated and the new church took the reins of the assembly and said, you know what, we're going to change things up now. All these people that preceded this around, you know, third century, they all celebrated and kept Yahweh's appointed times. Um, The appointed times that show up all the way back to what? The book of Genesis. Creation itself, you can go to our Moedim series if you want to learn about that, that that everything was set in place for seasons, okay? Seasons, the luminaries, sun, moon, stars were set in place for seasons. This is Genesis, appointed times, the Moedim. Fathers set apart, marked appointed times when he comes down and visits his people. This goes back to Genesis. This is not a Jewish thing. It preceded them by a long shot. Um, most Christians continue to repeat what they've been told to say, which is as we just said already. I'm not Jewish. It's just, it's like breathing. Um, therefore, we don't do Jewish festivals, feasts. Sadly, most uh, translations are very poor when it says, "And the feast of the Jews was upon them." It's just horrible translation to continually perpetuate this this bias um, thinking towards uh, Yahweh's feast. The Bible clearly tells us they are Yahweh's feasts. They are not a people's feast. They're his. Um, so here's the question then. If if you're not Jewish, so are you Catholic? Many people, Protestant believers, are, I hear them out of my own uh, ear, in my own ears, making harsh, critical critiques of the Catholic Church and the way they do things and the way they don't do other things and very hard towards them, like KJV-only people would tear to shreds uh, the Catholic Church. But they don't understand that they live underneath the governing ordinances and laws of the Catholic Church and their ideas. Um, so this question has to be asked because in 321 A.D., we know this this new church council, this appointed group of men embarked to eradicate all Jewishness from the faith, um, they removed Passover and first fruits and they created Easter and it wasn't some big happenstance. You can look into Eoster and um, Ishtar and, and all these things. It's 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 horribly dark and it's pagan to the utmost. Um, but again, we're, we, we believe we can Christianize anything and make it for good and make it for Jesus, um, which is, is bad doctrine, but it's very commonplace, I understand. Um and even though Easter was modeled after fertility goddess and sun worship, um, complete with ham on the table, which, which Yahweh said is not even food, um, the Catholic doctrine that was inserted in the 300s was incredibly successful, friend. <laughs> incredibly. Um, they even successfully demonized the fourth commandment um, by saying, Jesus is our rest now. Ask anybody today. In mainstream Christianity, even Pentecostalism and signs and wonders, people, Jesus is our Sabbath rest. Look right here. That's what it says. This doctrine runs very, very deep. Um, They've been so successful that almost all the Christian religion, from mainline like Orthodox Catholic um, to Pentecostal, Spirit-filled believers, all submit (laughs) to this council's unbiblical decrees. Um, And sadly, most don't even know it. Like, people in this area, if I sat down and walked them through all of the Christian rituals and memorials and celebratory events that they do that were instituted by the Catholic Church, they'd probably sit there and call me a liar. Impossible. Impossible. I'm not Catholic. And I'm not being hard on the Catholics, but what I am being hard on is the councils that, that sat down and, and took all of the Older Testament um, functions of the body of Messiah and burned it up. That, that does bother me, and it should bother us, because that's what Yeshua was against to the utmost in only a few generations. at Well, not even generations. Well, yeah, kind of. A couple of generations after he was gone, it was all being torn down quickly removed, changed, altered. Um, We've inherited a belief system in light of Easter or Passover is what we're talking about, of course. It's too shallow. It's too young. It's too infantile. It's too fabricated. (laughs) It's too replacement-based. It's too void of biblical history. Okay, The Older Testament, because of this doctrine, has been merely put on the dusty shelves of a library in the back room. That's just some historical reading if you want to talk about that stuff. But it's not really relevant. It's all types and shadows. We are in a new covenant. Yes, I don't argue that point. But it's still a covenant. Covenantal promises demand covenantal actions. Okay? And the feasts are a covenantal um, act. It is a command. We can read that. We go back to the the text. We don't have time for that today as we need to bring this to a conclusion. But there are ordinances and commands in place about memorializing and keeping these days. We talk about that all the time as of late here. Shomer, keep, guard, memorialize, remember these days for all of your generations, for all generations which again goes back to identity issues um, that most all of us have presently. We all had, and some still presently have as well. A choice is always before us. Will we follow what the institutionalized Christian majority has demanded, that they openly declare themselves, was created by themselves? They took the authority. They were given the apostolic authority to tell all of us what to do, To harness the church, we have a new way. They said, I'm not going to quote it exactly, but paraphrase, we have not known Jesus according to those same traditions and ways. We know him better now. Self-appointed apostles, in my opinion. So will we follow their decrees? Like doing Easter, memorializing, celebrating Easter. Because after all, it's about Jesus' Death, burial, and resurrection, Joel, how bad can it be? Well, when we trade it for Yahweh's appointed times, it's a whole heap of problems, friend. That's a biblical pattern too, but guess what? Most of what's found in the older testament and most people don't believe that's applicable. You see the problem? We have a problem. We've been told that Yahweh's ancient way has been eradicated. There's a new and living way now. They have Bible verses for all of it. And then they create a doctrine that is uh, supposedly fulfilling these biblical promises. There is one way recorded in, in our Bibles as instructions for what Yahweh's people that want to please Him will memorialize and celebrate. The rest, all of it, everything else is man's addition to what needed no improvement or altering. We, we have no license to do that. So so let us ask some questions, and we'll be done here today. Just some questions for you to consider, should you be willing to actually entertain the idea that, let's just use a big word, maybe Easter is wrong. Wrong. Like, wrong. Not just like, eh, lesser. It's just flat-out wrong. Because Yahweh's ways don't need improved upon. They don't need changed or altered. They don't. What are the historical origins of things like Easter. Sunrise services um, bunnies eggs ham lunches what are the origins of the where did they start friend do you know why do you know why even Sunday morning Sunday morning worship why was why was that changed we've talked about that men who changed Sabbath that's an old one when men when men changed Sabbath that's an old um, video we've done here Because we all memorialize and celebrate something because, as I've said many times here on the program even, and of course in real life, we are created to be a celebratory people by our awesome Father. Therefore, we're all individually responsible to know the history of how what is considered to be normal became the widely accepted way to live for those who claim to want to please God. So, friends, study. Study out what's the origin. And don't ask your pastor, friend. He's going to tell you exactly what you want to hear. He needs you there on Easter morning. He needs your neighbor's tithe money. Let's just be honest. (laughs) They need the seats filled, friend. Of course they're going to say Easter is awesome. It's about the resurrection of Jesus. How can it be wrong? Again, It's not wrong in and of itself, of course. It's awesome and necessary, and yes, we talk about it, and it was prescribed to be talked about in a proper context, which is in the full Bible understanding, and in this season and this time specifically next week, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits. Incredible imagery there. Way more than just Easter sunrise service morning where you just, you know, get up real early in your jammies and sit outside in the freezing cold for 30 minutes. There's a lot more to this, friend. So study and see what you find for yourself, and then choose well, friend. Easter or Passover? Why do you believe? Well, that's for the Jews. Why do you believe that, friend? According to the Bible, not because of Reverend Jimbo down the street. According to the word of Elohim. Now, why do you believe that those were the feasts of the Jews? And not just like the 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 newly whatever you want it to be version either. You got to study. Study these words, friend. I mean, study them for real. Root origins in the Hebrew and in the Greek. Is this really what this means? This is why I say this all the time. This takes great time, friend. This takes a lot of our time. That's why we don't have all this extra time to go be entertained and do whatever we want. Some verses to uh, bring everything to an end. 2 John um, chapter 1, verse 6. Now this is love, that we walk according to His commands. This is the commandment, just as you heard from the beginning, that you walk in love. Well, that's how I show God I love Him, Joel. I do Easter sunrise service. I eat an Easter ham with my family. We color eggs and we talk about the empty tomb that's how i love him okay well what does what does yahweh say about love what is love well we're told in the word first john chapter 5 verse 3 for this is the love of elohim of god that we keep his commandments and again passover is one of his commandments do this for all your Throughout all of your generations, a command, remember, memorialize, keep, guard, shamer. For this is the love of Elohim, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome, friend. It's not what you've been told. Well, nobody can keep Yahweh's Torah, his commandments, his commands, his laws. It's too hard. That's why Jesus came and died and rose again. No, his commandments are not burdensome. John chapter 15, verse 10. Yeshua said this, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. You will dwell and be found in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So friends, the question is really, do we love him according to the way he said he defines love? Yahweh, our God, our Elohim. Because if we're trying to show him love in a way that is not the way that he required, then, friends, he will not receive it. I'm, I know that's hard, and people don't like it. Let's go back to Cain and Abel. We're given so many endless examples. We don't have time to start digging in those trenches um, of thought. But so Passover or Easter, some considerations. Friend, ask questions. Ask questions. Know what you do and why, because, friend, there's going to be a day when all of us Look into the face of our Elohim, and we're going to have to explain to him why we did what we did and why we did not do what we did not do. We will all be personally responsible. And I want to be found postured in all the issues I'm going to have to face when I see him. I want to say, Father, I was really trying to follow your commandments. I was really trying to walk out your feast, your Sabbath. Your wonderful, wonderful law. I, I was trying to walk in the pattern of your son. And so let's just make sure that's our goal. And that is not a casual, flipping thing where we can say, yeah, he knows my heart. Pass the ham. No, we've got to know what we're doing and why. And so receive that as a challenge today, won't you? I'm not intending to offend you. That's not my point, but this stuff is offensive by nature. So consider it well, and uh, hopefully we will all be found as obedient sons as we seek out this ancient way you're watching the path to zion podcast that's the way we're 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 rediscovering here <laughs> the ancient way thank you for watching amen